January 2nd, 2023. Let's continue in Mesilat Yesharim. Uh, we're in Perik Yod. We're at the paragraph that begins, at least in my book, with the words, Vihine al-Midazo. Mesilat Yesharim Ramchal has been developing, discussing of the course of this Perik, and of course the next several Perakim, the Midah of Nikiyut. I guess it's translated as cleanliness. And uh, the next chapter, the next Perik, Perik Yodalf, will really be this very long one wherein he'll go into detail on many of the I mean, if you look ahead, it's really many of the issues in great detail with many ma'amarim, statements from the hachamim, with regards to, call it everyday encounters with sin and the way that we fall prey to circumstances and situations that he's been describing to us in a broader sense, not detailed here in Perek Yod. He's been describing to us situations where we're more heter, where we say to ourselves, this is permitted. Why would we say this is permitted? Um, it, well, it's not explicit with regards to its prohibition. It's not an absolute thievery. You're not turning to the person and taking money out of their pocket or forcing them to hand you the money. You're instead, in some way or fashion, oftentimes in a, a societal uh, norm, a situation where everyone's doing it, you assume it's permitted as well, or you tell yourself it's permitted as well. That's what this midav and nikiyut is really focused on, which means to say, as he told us yesterday, uh, we started with zihirut and zirizut, which were warding us away and bringing us forward from mitzvot lo ta'aseh and mitzvot ta'aseh, the objective, the black and white, you must do and you must not do. Beyond that, and it's difficult to get there, and beyond that is already a task, but that next stage that he's describing for us of Nikiyut is even more of a tall order. It's to determine and to decide where it's not black and white, where we'd be determining for ourselves and deciding and, 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 and looking at the situation saying, this is mutar, this is permitted. How do you tap into a truth beyond that? where you can innately, and we use the word intuition a lot of times yesterday, with your own intuition, uh, intuitively decide what's right and what's wrong. Now he will and has and, and is going to again uh, make clear to us, Nikiyut is no simple feat. I mean, you could spend a lifetime just on Zihirut and Zirizut. Uh, why talk about it at all? Of course, anytime you talk about goals and ambitions which lie beyond you, there's something to be gained in and of itself. If I look at a person, if I imagine a feat, uh, if I see a destination, and I know I'll never get there per se in the fullest sense, but already if that becomes what I talk about, if it decides for me what's in my mind, how I'm headed through life, it changes qualitatively uh, who, who I am as a person. My characteristic begin, begins to be someone who's sho'if, who's striving for that as opposed to just the here and now. Anyway, so that, that being the case, again, Nikiyut is describing and honing in on that feat, that characteristic of a person where we're seeking to, with our regular encounter with reality, determine intuitively, innately, this is inappropriate. It doesn't even need to be a decision to overcome. It just is. He says it's about this character trait of Nikiyut that David was very proud and happy with himself and saying, Well, we see the word Nikayon over there, Nikiyut. I'll clean uh, or I'll, I'll be able to cleanse my hands, and in turn, of course, we know this from the hakafot, uh, from the hosha'anot, uh, excuse me, uh, so, and, and then I'll be able to surround your mizbeach. So to speak, my appropriate encounter with you, God, was preceded by nikiyut. I feel that I've come to the point 
where my mind, my heart, my soul is in tune with you. That's who I am. That defines my personality. I'm able to make decisions in this easy way because it just is who I am. I have that rechitzah, I have that nikiyut yadam. Ki be'emet rak mishin nakeh legamre mekol nidnut chet ve'avon. Because in truth, says Ramchal, only a person who truly cleanses themselves from all nidnut chet ve'avon. Linadned means to sway. And in today's day and age, a swing is a... Is a Nadneda. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when you're not even wavering, you know, again, whereas Zihirut will tell me that I overcome it consistently and I move myself away from it, there's no overcoming any longer in Nikyut. I'm cleansed. Uh, when I, uh, I have to decide whether, no, I don't need to decide. I know which way. That's the person, as David is describing to us, as Ramchal is, uh, is elucidating, that's the person who can, so to speak, see the face of God. If you're not there, but I'm sinless, but I've been working on myself. That's true, but there's a certain shamefulness, certain embarrassment that you don't define yourself by him, that there were questions of treason in your eyes, that there were situations where you decided, maybe overcame, but were allured by the draw of something other than and that's what Ezra HaSofer perhaps is referring to. Elohai, boshti v'nichlamti leharim Elohai panai elecha. I have a busha, I have a kelima. A busha is a first level embarrassment. Kelima is beyond that to raise my face uh, to you. It's difficult for me to do so because I haven't been menakeh entirely. As I mentioned in the introduction to this class, as I mentioned yesterday, as Ramchal reminds us more than once, this is not a simple feat. This is a melacharaba. This is an arduous um, uh, journey. Uh, the not the the known sins, the the things and situations you know you shouldn't be in, you shouldn't be engaged in this activity. It's explicit. You're being told. You're reading. You're understanding that. Okay, that is kalotem lishamemem kevan shara'atam geluyah. It's more simple. Not always absolutely simple, but it's absolutely more simple uh, to stay away from them, to ward yourself away from them, because their ra'a, their evil, their badness is geluyah is exposed. And that's not what we're talking about in Nikiyut. We're beyond that. However, this dikduk, this being careful and scrupulous to get to the core and essence of your soul, to decide and to craft it in a way that it's no longer even wavering, there's no question, that's because to be more heter and you could to decide and instruct yourself and others this is permitted oftentimes you can make that claim and you'll be deluding yourself you'll be driven after your 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 physical side your drive to enjoyment to pleasures without realizing that's the that's the difficulty of this nikiyut it's along the lines of the Gemara Avodah Zaran Dafiot Het says Mesilat Yesharim Averot Shadam Dash Ba'akevav Sovevot Oto Bishat Haddin. The statement similar to the Rashi at the beginning of Parashat Ekev, the sins which we trample with our ankles 
are the ones that surround us when we need to give absolute judgment, when we are in the afterlife uh, being determined for our wrongdoing, which is a little bit surprising, but the idea being that's the part that we most neglected, the parts that we don't see, the parts that's at our ankles where we're looking forward. Maybe we're looking down, but we're looking down ahead. We're not looking directly down. The matters, the situations which are present and relevant to us, that's what will be sovev bish'at hadin. Again, it's not to say that you're absolved from, um, from, from uh, objective wrongdoings, but these are the ones that are the unexpected. These are the ones that we often overlook and neglect to repent and to deal with appropriately. These are the ones, again, let me be clear about this, that define who we are. And if your definition of self is one which is not aligned with Tob with uh, Yosher, with Emet, well, that's what in turn, that's, that's how I look at you and I say, in other words, if I look at you and I say, uh, you know, you're a good person and you generally speaking to, uh, choose to do the right thing, over there you attempted, you did the wrong thing. I, that doesn't, at least in my understanding, it doesn't define you as a person who does the wrong thing. So there was a sin here and there was a sin there. Uh, it shouldn't be there, but that's not defining your character. That means you were led astray in those circumstances. If I get to your inner core though, and I decide, and I'm able to, because Borei Olam Nistarot can do so, and I decide that you're a person who is innately driven to those. You haven't overcome that animalistic drive. That is Sovevoto Tobim Bishat Hadin. It means Nikiyut is defining who you are intrinsically. It's defining your essence, your inherent self and definition of self. Uh, that in turn is what's going to be your definitive trait and, and determination after life. And along these lines as well, the Gemaran Bava Batra, Rubam Begezel Umiutam Baarayot, Vehulam Baavak Lashon Hara. The majority of people will be guilty, are guilty of thievery. There'll be much discussion of each of these in the next Perik. Miutam Baarayot, less so when it comes to. Uh, sexual uh, promiscuity and wrongdoings. Why less so? It's a lot more objective. It's a lot more in your face. Whereas uh, thievery, you can somehow, and that's the point that he's making, you could somehow say to yourself and to others, but this is really okay. I'm not actually taking his money forcefully and so forth. Uh, that will be more of a, 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 of, a, of a falling point for people. Arayot, a little less so. It's not to say that people aren't falling prey to arayot. It's less so because there's more of a cognizance. It's more out there. It's more an understanding of the wrongfulness. And lastly, kulam, everyone, ba'avak lashon hara. Lavak lashon hara is a particular domain of halacha in and of itself, but it means not even the objective lashon hara. It's a little bit beyond and removed the regular lashon hara. That's what everyone falls prey to. Because speech, as delicate and sensitive and necessary as it is, is also the first thing for us to neglect in terms of its sensitivity, its delicateness, and its necessity to our lives as human beings. We have this tendency to assume if I haven't done something to that person, if I haven't taken something from them, then I haven't actually affected them. We yesterday mentioned how dibur, how speech is represented through that ruach. Ruach is the conduit between a nishama, our minds, and nefesh, our, our actions. It's the in-between. 
Whereas thought, you're not going to blame me for thought. And in truth, generally speaking, you won't be blamed for thought. Action, absolutely. It's the tenuous, the difficult in-between stage. The speech, which is what connects your thought to action, which is what actualizes what's going through your mind and brings it into this world that we neglect most. It's for that reason I, I'm very fond of the Gemara in Masechet Sukkah Daf Membet, the Gemara over there, which talks about how to be mechanech a child, how to rear your child, so it gives specific measurements in which, at which times you should train a child in doing each of the mitzvot. When do you do lulav? When they'll know how to do the ni'anuim, the shaking, the waving appropriately. When do you be mechanech them in tefillin? When they know how to relieve themselves, we do it much later. Maybe none of us know how to be shomer al gufeno, but you know, it's, it's at, a, at a stage where the child won't be relieving themselves uh, without realizing that. And that's when. And what about Torah? Mishiodea um, ledaber. They just know how to speak. I don't understand at all what they're saying. Aviv milamedo, the father is supposed to teach the child. Shema Yisrael o Torah tzivadana Moshe Morasha Kehilat Yaakov. But they don't even know what they're saying. Mishiodea ledaber. Why you talk? Because we're training speech, and speech, as delicate and sensitive as it is, defines us as human beings. You know, the medieval philosophers broke uh, living and, and inanimate uh, uh, realities in this world into several groups. Uh, so they describe, for example, how stones and rocks and dirt, that's what's referred to as domem, inanimate. Uh, beyond that, and higher in terms of the hierarchy, was someh, are things that grow, vegetation and grass and trees and so forth. Beyond that is high, is living organisms, animals and anything else. Beyond that is human beings. What's the definition of human beings? Midaber, of course, it's the ability to speak. It's the ruach memalela, as Unkulus translates, nefesh haya, our, our source of soul that's living is ruach memalela, our ability to speak. It's what we neglect first. It's what we ignore most because we say, what is speech? But speech, speech is definitional. Uh, just uh, two weeks ago on Friday night, I mentioned the Gemara Masechet Sota. Welcome back. Gemara Masechet Sota and Daf The Gemara over there is referring to Yosef and the Hachamim's vision of what happened with regards to Yosef. Oh, God, I'm sorry, it's, it's connected to the chair. With regards to Yosef at, at the time of his entrance uh, to meet with Paro. And so the Midrash says that uh, the, the advisors of Paro say, this person... This Ivri has no place amongst us. He doesn't speak the requisite languages of important dignitaries in any government, certainly not in our government. He needs to know 70 languages. So says the Midrash, Gabriel comes to Yosef and teaches him 70 languages at that time. And as a result, adds a letter on to his name. It's Edut Bihosef Yod He Vav Samech Fe Sofit. As an extra letter, and now he knows 70 languages. He meets, he encounters Paral, and uh, they're conversing. Paral seems to know every language except for Lashon HaKodesh. Whereas Yosef, of course, is in Ivri. He's been reared and raised with knowledge of Lashon HaKodesh. 
they get into a conversation and Paro is embarrassed about the fact that he doesn't know Lashon HaKodesh. Yosef in turn says to him, I'll try to teach it to you. Tries and it doesn't work. Paro has him swear that he won't reveal this to anyone, that he doesn't know Lashon HaKodesh. So there are many, needless to say, many lessons in this Midrash. But I'd like to first and foremost pinpoint what I understand the Chachamim are saying about speech. And specifically in their mind, in our mind, the most pristine speech, and that's represented through Lashon HaKodesh. The difference between a Yosef and anyone else is the fact that Yosef, for him, speech is essence. When I speak, I'm defining not just the characteristics of something, but I'm defining the item itself. I'll, def- I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. Whereas for anyone and everyone else, speech is the way I'll represent something. I'll just say a book so you think about what I'm referring to. I'll say table so you can understand it's representing it. It's not defining its essence. That's the difference in the eyes of the Hachamim, at least the way I've, I've read and been taught between Lashon HaKodesh and She'ar Lishonot. I'll give you a demonstration I mentioned just a few nights ago, or last week on Wednesday night. I read in the book a, a decent, uh, uh, in my mind, to get, to get across this point example, uh, Rav Shagar Alav HaShalom. He said he was once uh, waiting in a bakery in Jerusalem uh, to buy a challah. And he said he bought a challah, and the person in front of him bought a challah as well. And they walked out of the bakery. I don't know, I have a specific bakery in mind. I think he said it was Bakery Angel in, in Beit Yisrael. I know exactly where that bakery is. Anyway, so he walked out of the bakery and the man in front of him took the halal, just broke it into three pieces and stuffed his mouth with it. And he said he saw in that moment, Hilul HaKodesh. He saw him profaning matters of sanctity, of holiness. But that's nonsense. He's just eating bread. But since we call it challah, since a braided bread, especially an angel, which is delicious, with the sesame seeds on the top, becomes part and parcel with what we do on Shabbat. At the challah is an entity in and of itself. You just say the name, it conjures up it defines the word as something beyond just characterizing. It's almost a kedusha. It's in that it's in that mindset that the hachamim from time to time bring attention to lashon hakodesh. Uh, for example, I say it often as well. Davar means a thing, but lidaber means to speak. Things, items, reality, essence is defined through speech creation of the world came forth through speech of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Speech is not just characterizing, not just representing, it's defining, it's creating. The utterances of God define and sustain reality. It's an amazing feature and thought. Perhaps that's what that Midrash has in mind with regards to Yosef. Yosef didn't know these other languages. He needed Gabriel to teach them because Yosef was a person of essence. He was raised and reared to be such a person. He knew Lashon HaKodesh. He knew definitional language, language that defines and creates essence, not these other Lashonot which are just representing. And so he needs to be taught it. Paro alternatively can't grasp Lashon HaKodesh. It's foreign to him. He's a this world person. He's not a person who talks about essence. He's a person who talks practicality. He talks about pragmatics. What do I do with language? How do I explain to you something? What are the laws of, of speaking properly, articulating, and, and pedagogy? That's the uh, Paro approach. And as a result, he'll never grasp Lashon HaKodesh. It's for that reason as well, I would suggest, I may have once read this, that it's the letter He which is added to the name of Yosef. Edut bi Hosef, says the Midrash, 
Because the letter here, the Gemara Masechet Menachot and Afkafteh says, is the letter of Olam Hazeh. And uh, whereas Yod is Olam Haba, says the Gemara, here is Olam Hazeh. Where does the Gemara derive it from? Ele Toledo, Tashamayim, Ve'aretz, Behibare'am, Behebera'am. It's creation of the world with the letter He. This world is the letter He existence. So Yosef, who was completely and fully this Yod, was just Yosef, this Olam Haba vision, this essence approach, speech now has to become for him something that you utilize as well. Why do I mention this all in our context before one more thought on this? Because the reference here is so, at least in my mind, so real with regards to the power and impact of speech. Speech is not just powerful because it can do things. Speech is powerful because it is things because the essence of reality is crafted through speech and we as human beings are as a result defined by speech and as a result to therefore as as the midrash understands it to therefore take speech and use it on other matters i mean it can't get worse but it's such a tendency of human beings to lose track of matters of essence. But I would, especially in our context, take this just one step further. You see, as I mentioned, the Gemara and Masechet Menachot, and the Kaftet has the Yod for being Olam Haba, and the He for being Olam Hazir. In truth, in the words of the Mikubalim, the, in the eyes and thought of the Mikubalim, the Yod is representative of this Midah called Chokhmah. And here is representative of a midah called bina. Chokhmah, the best way to define it, as, as I've been taught and learned, is chokhmah uh, means the first spark of inspiration. I just have a thought. I need a place to reside. I need to live somewhere. That's chokhmah. Beyond that is bina, so now let me break it down. The house is going to look like this, and it's going to have X amount of rooms, and I'll have this sort of external and that interior, and I'll use this contract. That's, that's bina. Uh, so it means you're dealing with, when I talk about the Yod Chokhmah, of course, it's an Olam Haba type of thing, whereas Binah is a lot more practical. It's this world. The Yod, the little Yod, is the spark, is the little dot which just falls onto the page. The He is more crafted. It took the Yod and it gave it a little bit on its side. It's the little Yod at the bottom, but it gave it that Resh around it of sorts. The Gemara in Masechet Sotan, Daf Yodzayin, has a derasha of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, Ish ve'isha. Ish, of course, has a Yod. Isha, of course, has a He. Ish ve'isha. Zachu, if they've done this right, Shechina benehem. That's the Yod and the He. Lo zachu, if they haven't. Esh ochaltan. What's that? They'll be consumed by the Aleph Shin of Ish and Isha. You know what the Gemara Biakiva is speaking to? Not just a nice dirasha about a good marriage, which it is as well. It's beyond that. A male, both biologically and in terms of our vision philosophically and and mystically of the world, the zakhar is that chokhmah aspect, that that's the yod of ish, it's the spark. The isha is the one who will maybe take the inspiration and create a child with it, that's the bina. The combination of the two, the zakhu, ish ve'isha, is what we often will refer to as da'at, 
which is the combination, is that Hibur, which we talked about yesterday. Of course, biologically, the Torah tells us, It means the way that Isha and Isha, Chokhmah and Bina come together is with this Da'at. That's what we're referring to throughout in this Nikiyut. Da'at means not just acting and not just knowing. It means actualizing my knowledge and connecting it with my activity. It means taking Chokhmah of Zachrut, of the Zachar, with the Bina of the Nekeva, the Yod and the He, and bringing them together. It's not for naught that Behibaream is also translated as Avraham. In what way is it Be'Abraham? Abraham with the additional He in his name is Kumhi Talech Ba'aretz. Abraham needs to take the connection he has to God and to exert it throughout this world. He needs to take the Chokhmah and transfer it into one of Bina. Sarah, who was Sarai, has to become a Sarah in order to be that, in order to be that force as well. And alternatively, although I don't think I've ever seen it written in this way, it's the Yod of Yehoshua who needs quite the opposite. He can't be a part of the Itzah, of the Meragelim, this world, using speech in a practical sense. He needs to elevate it. I mention this all in our context of discussion of Da'at, which is this combination of thought and actualization in the real sense, and that is what brings them together. It's that Da'at which brings us the Ha'adam Yada. It's throughout this Perek and the Perek afterwards that we talk about matters which sometimes you have to, as I often do, take your thumb and rub it against your fingers in order to say what we're talking about. It's sometimes you have to meet the two people and say, how are they different? They seem so similar. Their resumes are identical. Their experiences are even the same. But I, there's something that's one just gets it. That's the best way to say it. One gets it. He's on the program. And the other one just seems to be off. But he's doing all the right things. But something's off. He's missing the start. He doesn't have what's called Nikiyut in that domain. To have Nikiyut in entirety is to really rise above and uh, with regards to Shemira Torah Mitzvot. Yes, Joe? How much of this would you say the subconscious plays in? So, I mean, again, we'll use speech, but like you're saying, I think there's conscious speech and subconscious speech, like actions, conscious actions, subconscious actions. <coughs> but I think speech is, the way we speak is what affects our subconscious. Right. I don't think yeah. there's just an inborn. I think, and purposefully, we grow up without initially being able to speak. Speech is something that's developed. Speech is something which in turn informs our subconscious. We, we, the, the initial speech of the hachamim is not even a conscious speech. You're by rote saying things, which the, the, the thought, the hope is similar to what we learned earlier from Sefer, from Sefer HaChinuch with regards to actions. But I think speech, is, speech works okay, in a similar fashion. It's obvious whatever's coming to you. If it's, if it's an action or it's speech that... That's what Da'at is. Uh And Da'at, I'm saying, could be best represented through speech because Da'at is the way you take thought and bring it out. That's that's that that's that reference. But specifically over here, the avakla shonara, avakla shonara is kulam. It's that innate ability we have to create essence, which we waste. We take the esh of Torah in the words of yesterday, and we turn it into the esh ta'ava. We have passion, we have capability, and we just waste it on all sorts of wrongful activity. Because it's fine, because it's sensitive, the words I was using earlier, speech, because you don't realize the effect, because you assume 
it's like the Sha'ar Leshonot and can't and shouldn't be used for essence. That's that. For that reason, we fail at it. And the, the, the Zohar has, quotes Ramchal, David HaMelech, as we mentioned earlier, he was careful and he was from any of, well, certainly the aforementioned things, the Gezel, the Arayot, and Ashon Haram. But beyond that, he was a person who lived and breathed. It's for that reason, Zohar says, that David was able to have the faith and confidence in going out to war. How so? He, and only he, Zohar will tell us, was able to ask of God, I'm going to run after, I'm going to chase after and catch and destroy my, my enemies. I won't come back until they're finished. Other important kings, other righteous kings, weren't able to say that. So the simple interpretation without Zohar is, David had greater bitahon. Zohar says it's not about his faith. They also had that faith. What they didn't have, and they had zihirut, and they had zirizut, they didn't have nikayon. So David was able to make that request confidently and clearly and boldly. I'll go, I'll be successful, because he was tapped into the system. It's, it's it, when you're tapped into the system, when you're part and parcel within it, when your mind is, is, is accorded with, that it becomes intuitive with the mind of God, so to speak. Uh, so, so, so as a result, you can make such a request confidently and boldly. It's that which David says uh, as part of his words, Yigmeleni Adonai Kesitki God should pay me back. God should be with me because of my tzedek, my righteousness. Because of the cleanliness of my hands, he should return to me. He should answer me. Again, it's the It's the cleanliness of my hands. It's that same cleanliness being cleansed and clear with regards to your hands. But what he's describing is this midav nikyut, which David exerted, lived, which Mesilat Yesharim has been describing to us again broadly. He'll get detailed in the next Perik because to talk about this just in a broad sense is one thing. To tell you, here's an example and another example and a third example, to get your mind thinking along those lines, that's altogether different. He'll have a long Perik Yodalif to do so. Who's going to be the one who's able to rise on to, so to speak, the mountain of God, to ascend into his abode? It's only the person with the Nikayon Yadaim who, who has lived with this Midav Nikiyut. He concludes again, as I, as I mentioned more than once, as he will. Don't, uh, don't for a second be mistaken in thinking this is going to be an easy feat. This is going to be a fast track. Far from it. A person, by definition, because they're drawn to this world and because their mind is probably in a, uh, a well-working mind, will find ways to rationalize doing the wrong thing. 
Again, the wrong thing if it was clear, if it was black and white, hard to rationalize. You could be lustful, but hard to rationalize. You'll fall prey more often in situations where you can rationalize. It's not clear-cut to the uh, naked eye, to the untrained eye. Uh, you need the proper vision. You need the nikayon. A person who's achieved nikayut has risen up to a high level. Again, the imagery he gave us earlier in the Perek Ramchal did was when you have a nega of sorts. A person has, let's say, sarat. You can initially cleanse yourself, but you're not actually tahor until there's the last stage, the immersion. Uh, so you're not actually tahor until you've gotten it completely and fully out of your system. It's one thing that I took the uh, I, I, I took the medicine. Uh, it's, it's one thing that I've cured myself. It's another thing that I've gotten rid of any of the uh, vulnerabilities, any of the connectedness, uh, the connected features with regards. Not that I've just covered it up, but I'm an altogether different person. That's Nikiyut. Person who's achieved this has uh, gone up uh, through and in a, a fierce battle and fight and, and has won if you have Nikiyut. says, and now will come to define and to describe the many details of the Midav Nikiyut. We'll start with that next time. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen.